This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I'm Joe Rimmer and today, deadline day, I'm joined by Paul Gorst. How are we, Paul? All good, all, all good. Um, busy one, as always, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think I get stuck into it, to be honest, because there's a lot to talk about. You and I have long come in, ready for a long night. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even when Liverpool are quite quiet, it's still always busy, and it's still yeah. always on a two loose ends to tie up and whatever else. But today there's actual things happening, so um, yeah, I think we'll be here till certainly after midnight. Yeah, a man who's been here for a little bit longer is Theo mm-hmm. Squires. Theo, you've been here since this morning in Jürgen Klopp's press conference. How are you? bit tired but we soldier on that's yeah. supposed he says plenty to sink our teeth into future going doesn't it yeah well we are coming to you live it's um, just gone five o'clock um uk time and um i mean anything could, could happen so we, we'll try and keep this fairly tight for a tight half an hour or so because um things are changing all the time and let's start with some breaking news ghostly from from just five minutes or so ago which was um that Bayern munich's deal to sign follows yeah. Joe paulina is off which leaves liverpool in something of a slightly difficult position, doesn't it? Yeah, so if you see me checking my phone, it's, it's basically, I'm not checking my Instagram or whatever, I'm <laughs> trying to see if people have messaged. Um, Taking selfies. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Sitting yeah. out the babies. Um, just, just before we, we recorded, wasn't it, come off from um, Florian Plettenberg in Germany, that Jao Polina's move from Fulham to Bayern Munich has fallen through. Bayern obviously determined to get themselves a number six through the door, and that's basically what has allowed Liverpool to, to bring Ryan Gravenberch in, isn't it? Because... If they're getting someone in, then he's surplus to requirements. So the dominoes look like they were falling into place for Liverpool on Wednesday. And then obviously yesterday, they have given the green light for him to fly to England for his medical. And then just as we're recording, it looks as though that could be a snag on Bayern's end. So we're waiting to see what happens with Liverpool, whether it's still all OK to go through or whether Bayern have second thoughts or is it even at a stage where they're able to have second thoughts and basically rejected out of hand we still don't know as we're recording but um, that is part of the madness of, of deadline day I mean it never fails to amaze me the way teams leave it to the last last hours to get the business done but I think if you speak to people inside of football they're able to offer you a little bit more of a kind of um, insight as to why it does happen it's basically just the kind of domino effect of teams looking to do business and you see it all throughout the food chain not in the other pecking order that's you know, teams need to get player A in before they can sell player B, and then, to, you know, that kind of has a knock-on effect right the way through. So, we'll wait and see if this one affects Liverpool. Um, hopefully, it doesn't, and Ryan Gravenberch does become the fourth midfielder through the door. But at the moment, I guess it's, it's anyone's guess because um, it's literally only just happened, hasn't it? It's only just broken. I mean, is there just a bit of good faith involved for Liverpool and Bayern Munich now in terms of like buying? You know they've agreed all this this deal with Liverpool. Mm. Do they let that go through? And also with the player as well, who I think is desperate to go, isn't he? Yeah, I mean even without Jalpalinha, you know, Gravenberch has only played ten minutes this season. He didn't feature in the Super Cup defeat to Leipzig. He didn't play in the four 0 winning against Werder Bremen, and they played ten minutes against Augsburg last week or was it last week? Uh, yeah, recently, anyway. So um, it's not like they absolutely, you know, we're relying on him yeah. if they, they didn't get someone else in, but. Thomas Tuchel apparently has been insistent of on getting a, a number six, and Theo, you'll be able to speak to that a bit more, won't you? Because yeah. you spoke to Christian Falk, who's obviously very clued up at Bayern Munich, and I think he spoke to you a bit more about that, didn't he? But um, yeah, we'll wait and see what happens. Hopefully, it's you know the, the two deals are kind of a little bit irrespective of themselves at this stage, but it's not good, is it, when you know the, the team who who were looking to get in the player. 
you know that kind of falls through as you're looking to, to sort your own deal. Um, so we we'll wait and see, but um, it really is anyone's guess at the moment whether Gravenberch becomes a Liverpool player. Yeah, well, Theo, you spoke to Christian Falk, um, who, for those who don't know him, is a Bayern Munich journalist. Um, he's German, based in Germany. What did he have to say? Is it a case of you know you look at? I thought you looked slightly worried when you saw the Polina deal mm-hmm. fall through before. I, I don't know. Having a conversation with him, does it does it make you think that this one might not happen now? Yeah, I'm feeling a bit pessimistic about it at the moment. To be honest, like Gravenberch is a player we know Liverpool have wanted for a long, long time. There have been talks. Pretty much all year long, really, yeah. weren't there? There were discussions, mm-hmm. I think, with his agent back in January, and then they met his yeah. family in April. Yeah. Um, but Bayern didn't want to let him go in January. The only reason that sort of changed is because the sporting director was sacked at the end of last season. But even then, they didn't want to necessarily let him go. They still thought it was a long-term project. Granted, he's not the first-choice midfielder for them. But Thomas Tuchel has been adamant that he wants a, a number six midfielder, and this is what Pelinia would have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't have the funds to go and sign one off the back themselves because mm-hmm. they spent 100 million on Harry Kane. Obviously, they tried to get Declan Rice earlier in the summer as well. So that's why they were willing to sacrifice Gravenberch to get Pelinia. But if you don't get Pelinia, you still want that extra body in midfield. It depends to what Bayern value it as here. Do they want that extra body knowing they're going to win the Bundesliga anyway? Like they were pretty poor last year and they still won the Bundesliga on the, the last day. Or, or do like the respect the, the players' wishes? Like yeah. He's not going to be happy yeah. now if they keep hold of him when he's flying through and he's got the move that he wants seemingly for so long. Um, when it's all about Bayern, we're only going to sell him because they needed the money. Well, if you're not getting Polina and you suddenly don't need the money, so mm-hmm. maybe they do want to keep hold of him for another six months. Like we've seen that situation before with Liverpool, like the other way, like how dominoes fall together, but then doesn't quite land the right way. We shall see, but it just depends on buying now whether they yeah. think we let him go, we'll be do the best for the player, yeah. or we do what's best for us. If you were a buying fan, you'd want the club to be selfish. Yeah, well, that's it, and I think surely that. Surely the player has got a big say here. Surely he's really going to be very, very unhappy if this deal falls apart at the last moment. Um, you know, he's done his medicals, hasn't mm-hmm. he? You know, pretty much everything is in place. I'd be surprised if he hasn't done club media and yeah. and, and put his shirt on and all that just so that he can hit the button when this all goes through. So surely, from his point of view, I mean, he's going to be a very unhappy... He's not going to be good to have around the camp, is he? If no, he and, knows. you know, particularly as he doesn't really play much for Bayern. It's yeah. not like he's going to be going back to Bayern Munich and, and he's being told that you're in at the weekend because, of, you know, playing whoever it may be. Um, he's probably just going to be a, a, a reserve, isn't he, for the rest of the season. So he'll be desperate for this move to come through. And then, like Theo says, it's just a case of how how nice the Bayern want to be about it. You know, football can be a ruthless thing, but do Bayern... You know, kind of show a bit of good faith here. We'll see, but um, Tuchel doesn't strike me as the type of guy. He's quite tough guy, isn't he? And I don't. I yeah. get the feeling he might just say, "No, you're staying put." Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's not like a Klopp who, I think if that was Liverpool. Klopp would probably let the player go. I think so. Yeah, it, but unless it's not Phillips. Unless it's not Phillips. Yeah. Who, it, uh, that's a good point. It depends on so. how um, how much of a say he has. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know kind of Bayern restructured their um, sporting director side of things. The Neil Summer, Oliver Kahn, and. Mm-hmm. Was it Sally Hamasic basically mm. sacked within yeah. within minutes of them winning the Bundesliga mm. as a kind of we won the Bundesliga but we mm. shouldn't shouldn't be winning in the final fifteen minutes. Heads have got a role. Um, not too sure how the hierarchy works there now, but um, seems like Tuchel's got a bit more power right. this window, yeah. but yeah. he won't going forward when they yeah. get a proper succession in place. Yeah, so um, I guess it it is just a case of how um, 
amicable buying want to be about it all and that, that's anyone's guess I did ask Christian Falk if Liverpool's good relationship with Bayern mm. could aid things um, obviously Thiago, Mane those deals they were quite affordable for both clubs yeah. compared to prices in the market and he basically said no he said it's a business decision Bayern would have sold them to Manchester United if they'd gone for McTominay instead yeah. of Polina. so you've got to think Bayern when they're going to have eyes on the Champions League they're going to be selfish. They're going to be putting themselves in, well, we want to do this, this and this, make sure we're covered as well as we yeah. can be. It's, well, Grav Birch isn't part of the plans. Like, there was a press conference Tuchel's done recently. He's gone through his midfield options and he didn't even name Grav and Birch. So in his <laughs> yeah, head, yeah. he's gone. Like, he said that in his press conference today, pretty much. And he said that uh, it's clear what the outcome is going to be. But I'm sure when he said the outcome is clear, he thought he was getting a number six in. So yeah. he's uh, feeling the same now a few hours later. I, I, I suppose just before we move on, we, we should clarify that none of this is is Liverpool's problem it, you know it's not a Liverpool issue that we're talking about here it's just a kind of knock on effect mm-hmm. um, and that's what you leave yourself open to I guess on, on deadline day but at the moment as, as far as we're aware from Liverpool's end everything's still proceeding as you'd expect and you'd hope it's like when you're buying a house you get stuck in a chain something <laughs> falls through yeah, further yeah, along yeah. just waiting and see leaving you sweating I mean in terms of Grand Bush, we haven't really discussed him I don't think in detail on the pod um, you know some Liverpool fans might remember him from a couple of years back when, mm. when Ajax played Liverpool in the Champions League. But, I mean, he looks like one of those multifunctional, very modern midfielder, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I mentioned it on, a, on another part about this kind of uproar that Liverpool weren't targeting a, a new, another number six once they got Endo through the door. And a lot of that, I think, was just semantics. I think when you're a player who plays in a game clock midfield, Particularly at Liverpool, I think you've always got the capabilities of playing in two or three positions in that yeah. midfield. You know, Jordan Henderson did it, didn't he? Number yeah. six or number eight, and Thiago's done it. Gino Wijnaldum, perfect yeah. example. So I don't necessarily think that Gravenberch is coming in and that absolutely means that Liverpool have only bought the one number six or defensive midfielder, if you like, in old money. And I think he's young enough to be moulded and kind of remodelled into that defensive midfielder if Klopp wishes. He's certainly done it before with you know, the likes of Firmino and Wijnaldum, like Joe says, perfect example. Um, Cody Gakpo at the moment is, is doing the Disney. Obviously made his name as a left-sided forward and he's being more of a number nine and even a kind of midfielder at some point. So um, there is the, the potential there to mm-hmm. remould Gravenberch into kind of what Klopp wants. Um, but we'll see if he does want a, a more of a defensive-minded midfielder or whether he wants him to play his natural game as a more more box to box number eight. So I think he's got loads of upside really. You know, he's only young. I think if he hadn't have had this stalled year of buying and he was coming directly from Ajax at the age of twenty one with what he'd done at Ajax already behind him, I think there'd be loads of excitement around him. Yeah. So what was interesting about Thomas Tuchel's comments earlier, because we've always assumed Gravenberch comes in, you mould him into a number six and it's in this new formation with the box midfield. Yeah. Tuchel said he's got this opportunity to go and play in a four three three. I was speaking to Christian Falk, he said Gravenberch is more of an 8 or a 10. I think, well, where does he fit into this? Because the Sulk from Germany is still, Jurgen Klopp sees him as perfect for Liverpool's formation. He's the perfect player who suits it as, as much as any other player he's had in the past. So it's like, well, how is that going to click into place when you've got McAllister, Saboslai? Yeah. Is Endo first choice or are you wanting Trent to be more of that defensive midfielder? Uh, where would Connor Bradley's role be in this if he wasn't injured at the moment? Like, we've not really had a chance to fully see what the plan is for Liverpool this season because of injuries, because transfers haven't been in the door and now this transfer sort of been up in the air just adds to that uncertainty. I just wonder whether it's get get good players in the door and we'll sort it out as we go. Yeah. Um, 
Kind there's an element to that. It's, it's yeah. about options. At the end yeah. of the day, you, whether Liverpool play with three in midfield, with the box midfield, they will go from having... I mean, let, let's look through their midfield options if they get Graven Birch. It will be Graven Birch, who's 21, Sabozlai, 22, Alexis McAllister, 24, Endo's 30, um, Bessetic is still 18 or is he 19? 18, 18. Yeah. Uh, Thiago, 32. Thiago, 32. So it's, a, it's quite a nice mix. 22, 22, 22. Elliot, 19, yeah. 20. It's, it's quite a nice mix, isn't it, of, of young players with a couple of older ones to try and help them help them gain experience. And all players who can really, like you say, feature in a lot of positions. Mm. I think, it, I mean, I was going to ask you in a bit. Um, so I'll come to it. Oh, oh no, I'll come to it later. But but I think that's a quite a decent. They're decent midfield options if Liverpool can get Gravenberch. Yeah, and I, and I think it's a, it's a bit of a maybe it's a targeted evolution or maybe it's just been a gradual one through accident more than anything. But Liverpool's midfield now is more, you know, more ball oriented yeah. if you like, as yeah. opposed to when Liverpool were at the best of Fabinho, Henderson, and Wijnaldum. limit was very much pressing from the front, getting the ball to the forwards as quickly as possible. Now. A lot more comfortable in possession, you'd say, with the likes of McAllister and, and certainly Zabozlai and, and even Trenton there and um, Thiago, obviously, when he comes back. So, um, yeah, I think maybe it's a little bit of an evolution in terms yeah. of the Pills midfield this, this summer. And maybe they're thinking he can dominate possession more than, than he ever have. Yeah, I, I think as well, if you look at the, the four signings, that, again, this is based on Gravenberch joining, um, but if you look at Gravenberch, Zabozlai, so it's 40 and 60, 100 million, um, 35 for McAllister, 15 for Endo. So 150 million for four players. I mean, we look, take take the, the previous summers out of it where I think Liverpool have, have, haven't planned well. And I'd still stick to that. I don't think they've planned well. I think they put themselves in a difficult position. But this summer, what they said they needed to do was get several bodies rather yeah. than a, a Jude Bellingham, who, yeah, okay, okay, cost an initial fee of what, 80, 88, 90 mm-hmm. million. Um, but but probably agent fees, wages, everything else involved. You're looking probably yeah, hundred yeah. plus aren't you? Can I say though, one hundred and fifteen million, wages, agent fees again, a lot of money. Um, throw Lavia into that. Liverpool have got four midfielders, one hundred and fifty million, and and four. I mean, I I don't think. Put it this way, I'd rather have the four that Liverpool could get if they get Graham Birch as well than a Can say though and a Lavia. Personally. So, just the case I yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think I think Sabozla is going to be a, 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 yeah, a really top quality signing. Yeah. Delighted with McAllister. We all knew what he was about, didn't we? World yeah. Cup winner and yeah. the star of that Brighton team. Yeah. Really, you know, the, yeah. the Brighton team that finished sixth in the Premier League and Caicedo. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think if you if you'd have given me those four options at the beginning of June. Probably would have asked you who Endo was, but um, generally can't. can't. You've asked me the other three words. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't, wouldn't have grumbled too much. Um, this, the Caicedo thing was, was, was bizarre looking back. It was only two weeks ago, wasn't yeah. it? But it seems, seems so long ago now and so surreal. But um, I think what Liverpool might hopefully do end up with it will be. Um, I don't think too many can grumble. Certainly no. midfield-wise, we can talk maybe separately about the centre-back issues, but yeah. midfield-wise, the midfield rebuild looks okay to me. Yeah. Well, Theo, um, quickly before we move on from Graven Birch, why did he, what did Christian say, why did he struggle in Germany? Um, he said, basically, they've got so many midfielders who are number eights that you've got to get past Goretzka, you've got to get past Thomas Muller, Kimmich, Musiala, and if you don't come in and hit the ground running then you're playing catch-up there. Yeah. So it was always hard for him there. 
Um, obviously, he's brought in as the sporting director's player. Yeah. And, uh, of course, you can say the name for me. It's the Serbian guy who I can't say. Yeah. <laughs> Hassan, what's his face? Oh, Sally Hamasic. There we go. Yeah, That's yeah. the one. Um, so, like, if he was brought in for one regime and then the manager goes and he's not quite clicking, it's not a good season for Bayern. Oh, we saw it with Sadio Mane as yeah. well. Like, he was one sporting director signing and a different manager. And then this is a player we all know the quality of. And it didn't click at Bayern Munich. Mm. Then a new regime comes in and it's we're not really part of the future yeah. the only reason it's a bit different with Graven Birch is because he's 21 you can yeah. still turn that around but Christian Falk's opinion was still if you're not going to do it in your first season at Bayern you're not going to do it at all like, they've got to be ruthless as much yeah. as they like long term projects it is win the Bundesliga try and win the Champions League yeah. every year Yeah, yeah. that's why they signed Kane to win the Champions yeah. League isn't yeah. it yeah. Yeah. They're, they're a lot more short term in their thinking aren't they I suppose than, than Liverpool or, or some of their rivals in the Bundesliga the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Theo, you were at Jürgen Klopp's press conference today. Um, I mean, in terms of other signings, and a lot of us, certainly myself and, and Gorsty included, um, I hope they would sign a centre-half, but Jürgen Klopp sort of probably killed that within the first few hours of the deadline day. Yeah, he said he, he didn't want to kill off the deadline day excitement but not to get carried away. Yeah. It seems like Liverpool are going to have to wait for that option. Um, it's a situation they've been in before, isn't it? If the right signing is not there, they are happy to wait. They've still got Joel Matip for another yeah. year of his contract, presumably. And it just looks a bit, I suppose at the moment, when you know you're going into this weekend without Canate, without Van Dijk, you're down to the bare bones yeah. of a, a Matip and Gomez partnership, which was so awful back in what January, February, when they were like losing 3 0 away <laughs> at Wolves and all this. Mm-hmm. But Gomez did look good from what I've heard at Newcastle last week. Matip had a reasonable pre season. It's still a good backup centre back partnership, and there's no reason why Gomez can't push on again. But if you've got this new Liverpool formation where it's essentially three centre backs, you want five, six quality options there in Liverpool. Don't have that. Like Andy Robertson is not a centre back, he's very much like a square peg in a round hole trying to get him to work there. So whether you change the system now because you haven't got it, but Liverpool seem happy to wait. Like if Levi Colwell had said he was leaving Chelsea, he wasn't going to sign a new contract, maybe that's a deal they look to do. Like they've been links with um, the Ecuadorian lad at Leverkusen. It seems like they weren't happy to let him go now. Maybe that's something they can revisit down the line. But they've still got youngsters there like Luke Chambers who could maybe come on if he doesn't get a, a loan move in the next few hours. There's younger players there who get their chances in the Europa League. That maybe means it's not as much of a, a dire situation in six months' time when the January window opens. I suppose the, the one thing you would say is that the Europa League doesn't bring the pressure of a Champions League. Yeah. You're not looking at Liverpool to play. No, people aren't going to grumble if you if you play those sorts of players in Europa well, League. Well, Endo can play centre-back yeah, as well, can't yeah. But, I, but I, I would say, and Gorsi, you and I were chatting about this in the car on the way in, you know, you, you just said if they don't get the right man, they'll wait. Don't you think it's time yeah. Liverpool start to rethink what the right person in terms of transfers is? Because we've heard this over yeah. and over and over again and it always bites them in the backside. I mean, that they they wanted Levi Colwell. Well, I look at Levi Colwell and think, well, Liverpool... Surely they must have known, and I'm sure they speak to agents and stuff, so they get a little bit of encouragement. But surely they must have known his first choice was to stay at Chelsea. And if Chelsea want to keep him, I mean, you, you've got to think that Chelsea probably wouldn't want to sell him to Liverpool anyway because they're a rival. Agents lie. Agents, yeah, agents lie. Agents, and they've got Frank as well. They yeah. another 30 million bid rejected, didn't they? Yeah, sure. yeah. And, and you throw in, you know, look at what happened with Caicedo. Agents lie. Agents use clubs. And obviously, his agent wanted to go to Chelsea and say, 
this lad is a, is a man in demand. Mm-hmm. Liverpool want him, buy him, want him. Get him signed down to a contract or we'll, we'll talk to those clubs. And, and I just think, I can't believe that Liverpool have put themselves in a position again where we could be looking six months down the line going, why didn't they sign yeah. centre off? I mean, it was, it was hugely admirable for years, wasn't it? The, the right player stance. It, it brought in Alisson, it brought in Van Dijk. Since then, though, who's it brought in? Uh, well, exactly. That, that's the point I was going to make. You know, the, the Aurelian Tumeni was the right man and he's at Real Madrid and... Jude Bellingham was the right man and he's at Real Madrid and Caicedo was the right um, man and he's at Chelsea and to a lesser extent Romeo Lavia and and he's at Chelsea so I think you're right I I, I do think this idealistic thing of Liverpool can only sign players who absolutely have to be here for five, six years and have to have the best years at Liverpool and have to be you know the the, the potential to to develop into world stars in in the way you know a Salah or a Mane has or have I think like there has to be a kind of a little bit more of an agile plan um, because Liverpool don't need a Virgil van Dijk to come in do they? No. they they don't need you know a, a superstar centre back they just need someone who's going to provide a little bit of cover a little bit of quality at a time or in an area where you know it's, there's question marks beneath the surface of Canate and van Dijk I mean I'd love Joe Gomez to get back to 2020 levels but it's been three years since he's been anywhere near his best and there are dozens of reasons for that and you know, you could say the same for Joel Matip. It's been a while since he's been at his best as well. So a lot is riding on that. And I also think as well, if, you don't, if you've only got four senior centre-backs, it's time to make a decision one way or another on this this fangled box formation. You know, what is Trent Alexander-Arnold now? Is he a number six? Is he a number 66 who has to play right back and centre-mid? Um, I just think there's a little bit of muddled thinking there with... with Trent and it worked to an extent didn't it towards the back end of last season got Liverpool playing again looking a lot more creative and a little bit steadier at the back but it asks a lot of Canate on the right side and he's already pulled up with an injury because of that because obviously Liverpool were playing with 10 weren't they against Bournemouth so um, it's time to, to decide for me you know one way or another I think as well to me the, the getting the right man thing that kind of works if you're Man City and you're on yeah. top yeah. and Every year you just change one or two. But when you're battling, and Liverpool have put themselves in a position now, I think because when they were on top, they didn't get the right man. Now they're battling to get back up to the top. They have to take more chances because you, you does increase competition. The right, the right men are going to choose clubs who are you know like Real Madrid, like Man City, and and they you know you you Liverpool don't stand a chance. I think if Real Madrid are in the race because mm. nine times out of ten a player will choose Real Madrid over Liverpool well, that's not even an issue anymore like they've been up against Chelsea so many times yeah, they've lost yeah. this summer and that's a club not in Europe at all wait Lavia, he's not going to start there yeah. is he was... um, but you know, like, of course he's just gone through players that are waiting for the right one well Alisson they waited what three weeks before it was suddenly available yeah. again so Carriers could make a couple of mistakes in pre-season there was nothing riding on that yeah. whereas we saw how poor they were the first half of 17-18 defensively at yeah. times and yeah, Van Dijk came in, transformed everything overnight, seemingly got them to a Champions League final, mm-hmm. and they're in that position of strength. But when have they made a transfer like that since? Like You look at other deals, Salah wasn't first choice, Mane wasn't first yeah. choice. They found these alternatives who were uh, right, the right yeah. players, who did work, and they're like, oh, they were much better than uh, Mario Goetz or Julian Brandt yeah. in hindsight. Now, if you I want... don't understand why, sorry yeah. to interrupt, but I don't understand why. Liverpool, um, I mean, I'm sure they are. I'm sure if they, if anyone worked for the recruitment team and listened to this, they'd be pulling their hair out. But <laughs> I, I would love to know the conversations because, like you say, those players were, you know, as far as we, we know, 
second choice, Julian Brandt, they get go and get Salah, you know, um, who was who was the first choice? Goethe, of course. They go and get Mane. Surely Liverpool are looking at it going, you know, we've got several players on the list there, unless they couldn't get any centre back. But surely going into the start of the summer, they must have known we need a centre back. And the other thing that frustrates me is it's almost like they can't work on two deals at once. Yeah, <laughs> it's like if they can get Gravenberg done tonight. Then we'll go. Oh, we've got two hours left. Can, can we start talking about centre backs? I mean, good. Well, the talk with the centre back as well was they wanted this young fifth choice player. Well, why don't you just move Joel Matip on and get someone who's going to be a starter, and then have Jarrell Quanser as the the young centre back? Because at least then you're protected for the future yeah. with Van Dyke for a couple of years, as you'd like Salah to do. Instead, you're looking at a couple of fragile centre backs. We've all got injury issues in the last couple of seasons. And from you've gone from Nat Phillips as your fifth choice, who, while he isn't the perfect Jurgen Klopp centre back, he's at least comes in, does a job whenever he's turned to. So now a teenager who's very talented, but he's had half a season online at Bristol Rovers, and now one substitute appearance. And while he did well against Newcastle United, say Gomez or Matip gets injured against uh, Villa at the weekend in the first twenty minutes, you've got to throw Quanser on then. Canate's out for a while. Van Dijk gets an extended ex- um, suspension because of his mm-hmm. mouthing off at the officials. And you've not signed a centre back. You're down to Gomez and Matip, or Orga Matip, sorry, and a teenager. This is a big, big ask there. Really, really quickly, because there's so much to discuss, and we haven't got too much time. Is anything happening? No, no, well, um, no, not not the major. Just you know, according to our colleague Ian Doyle, um, who's out there working hard, the Gravenberg deal is irrespective of the Polina one. So it looks okay. like you know everything is still on course for that one. That, that's good to know. That's good to know. Um, Oh, quick, really quickly, because there's, there's plenty of other things to talk about and we can continue to talk about them in a minute. Van Dyke, do you think, deserves a bigger ban? If no. you, that's taken, we won't debate the red card again because mm-hmm. we, we've debated it, but taking the account the red card, that's gone. On top of that, deserve a bigger ban. If you're doing it on the, the new rules where you're trying to clamp down on all this, yes. But when you look at how uh, floaty the official was <laughs> last week, uh, shall we say that? then no, I suppose you've got to give him a bit of good grace. But I'd imagine he's going to get an extended suspension. Just another match. Yeah. Yeah, funnily enough, um, just something in from the FA who've updated us on the Van Dyke situation. They're yet to... Well, detail of Liverpool have responded. They obviously had till today, didn't need to do that. Mm-hmm. You wonder whether Liverpool have forgotten about it all with everything else that's been <laughs> yeah. going on. Um, yeah, it'd be a shame to see him miss the miss two games. I think Liverpool needs to probably take the medicine on this one and just yeah. accept that and... He misses Villa and then regroup for after the international break against Wolves, is it? Yeah. So, um, but but I mean that he will miss Wolves as well, won't he? If he gets an extended ban, that's the question. Yeah. yeah. Do, do you think that he should get an extended ban? I know it's a tough question. Yeah, I mean, initially when it when it happened, I'd say James Parker obviously tweeting about the sending off and whatever else. So I didn't actually see the reaction initially but he was very angry when he come off the bench and noticed that mm-hmm. come towards the bench that was right in front of us at St James Park and you won't have seen but as, as he walked down the tunnel I think the fourth official sort of mm. gave him like a sort of come on off you go type pat and he turned around and sort of said don't touch me and then beep mm. beep beep yeah it takes a lot to, mm. to get Major Van Dyke riled up we speak mm. to him most weeks and it's always quite cool whatever question you throw at him and whatever games it is that's happened so he would have been hugely wound up there. I mean, I hope not. I, I hope it is just a one-game ban, but could be the two. Yeah, I, I think what you've just said, I think Liverpool have to take their medicine and Van Dijk has to take his medicine mm. on this and I think it, it probably 
Well, and should be another game ban. Um, I wouldn't go further than that. Yeah, but also but, as well, I, I hope I hope some consistency is enforced. Yeah. This this becomes the problem, doesn't it? And and I think for football fans, and you know, I, I don't get into conspiracies about referees, but I but I do think if you want to stamp out the way referees are spoken to, and they are spoken to very very badly by players who may or may not have reasons to be frustrated, but if you want to stamp that out, you've got to you've got to dish out ban. But for all that. You know, you can't have linesmen elbowing players and then just do a zoom call. Well, wasn't the VAR officials for these last two games without the two red cards? It has been Constantine, hasn't it? He's been yeah. assistant on it. it. Has that, Anthony Taylor been the other one? If I, you know, as a fan, I find it hard to accept that you can have a, an official aim an elbow, and I, you know, irrespective of what Robertson, I'm sure, was giving him, you know, aim an elbow at a player, which is clear. We can see it on video evidence, and then just have him call the player and say sorry. And, and we just go, okay, that that's done. Because otherwise, can Van Dyke just call the referee and say, sorry about that, yeah, he was frustrated, yeah. heat the moment, and we all go, okay. Set up a little zoom. It's fine. You know, yeah. exactly. And, and I think for fans, it's the same with Joe Linton waving cards. Yeah. Anthony Gordon kicking the ball away. If you're going to do it, you have to commit to it. You can't just do the ones that the referee spots. Yeah, you, you have to, everyone has to get a yellow card for kicking the ball away. I mean, I, early in the first game against Chelsea, didn't Trent get booked? For, for time wasting because um, Arsenal had a, a red card because yeah. the second was it one of the yellow yeah. cards was because of time wasting that, when that, it was ridiculous. I thought that was absurd in the did, first did you just, half get, the first did you just get bogged down yeah. in the laws I mean there's nothing I, I find more tedious than moaning about referees but no, no. every every year they bring in new guidelines and, and they always enforce it strictly to the letter for like the first six weeks and and then it kind of just fades away sort of after but, Christmas, doesn't but it? Trent's been booked twice now. Yeah. Did he get booked in the, in the middle game? But he's, he's certainly been booked twice. He could serve a one-match ban. And two of them bookings will have been throwing the ball back on the pitch. He didn't exactly lob it away to delay the free kick and, and taking a throw in against Chelsea. I mean, that is absurd to me. And I think there'll be so many other players, like you say, that won't get booked. Why can't they tell referees... Maybe this is a problem to, to act with common sense and yeah, say yeah. if you think they're genuinely time wasting, which you see all the time in the last twenty minutes of a game, then book them. But if if it's a player looking looking to find a, another player from a throw in, don't be daft. Well, Tommy Asu got booked in the against Crystal Palace for Arsenal because he wasn't the first one to take it. Was perceived he? time wasting, and then he got he got sent off in that game because of a the second one was just so. I think he dragged back. I can't remember who it was now. Jordan Ayew possibly. And it was just two of the most you know, ridiculous red cards you'll ever see. And then he's suspended. Um, mm. You know, I was at Arsenal persuasion. You'd be absolutely furious with it. Um, but I think the pill should probably do with a couple of weeks now where they just don't get embroiled yeah. in anything with yeah. the referees. Yeah. It's, been, it's been going on now for a few months, hasn't it? Whether it's yeah. Constantine had to dack his elbow and Robertson and all the fallout from that. Yeah. Klopp celebrating in front of John Brooks' face. And then they put the Paul Turney gate, shall we call it. And then already we've, we've seen... McAllister yeah. all at it and then they're no favours it's not like this whole yeah. you know I always think it's a bit of a myth you know the, the Jose Mourinho Alex Ferguson style like everyone's against us I don't think that always necessarily works and if it's not certainly not working for Liverpool I, I don't think anyway look we'll move on quickly from referees I just want to we'll start wrapping this up just in case anything should happen but I want to ask you both Liverpool get Gravenberch has it been a good window for Liverpool Theo? They've got to where they wanted to go in the end, but it's been a bit shambolic along the way. So yes or no? A cautious yes. A cautious yes. Yeah, I'll go along with that. It has at times been very different to what we've been used to from a Liverpool 
in the transfer market. Uh, Caicedo, Keith was far so looking back now. Three or four to Liverpool, I suppose, but um, the optics are a little yeah. bit weird. The Lavia, again, an odd one. But yeah, overall, I'd say so. Um, the brief was a midfield rebuilding, and that's very much what they'll come up with. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, I think so. I mean, at the midfield, if they get Gravenberch over the line... It does rest on Gravenberch, really, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Really pleased with that if they get Gravenberch. If they don't, then they've just about done enough. If they do, then I think they've refreshed the midfield quite well and got some really good deals. They started the window so well. I just The centre-half thing, I think, could hang over this window longer than necessary. And I think... Ultimately, they've coped well to deal with Saudi. And that's one thing we probably should just quickly address that we haven't talked about this before. <laughs> Mo Salah. Uh, we also have about the Europa League tour, either. Yeah. Uh, well, we Salah. did a live this morning in the Europa yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Salah, yeah. 150 million rejected today, wasn't it? Um, an unbelievable amount of money, really. That would make him the third most expensive player of all time, possibly, behind Neymar and Mbappé. Doyle just said that 200's coming in. Well, I think the Daily Mail are reporting 200. I'm, I'm going to counter your 150. It's an unbelievable amount of money. With I don't think it is an unbelievable amount of money. And I don't mean that in a flip. And I kind of hate when people go, oh, well, it's only 5 million, pay it. Because yeah, yeah. that's ridiculous. But in you, if you take it in context of, you know, I keep thinking to myself, Liverpool got 145 million for Coutinho five years ago. Mm. And all right, granted, he was much younger. But I think. The, the money that the Saudi league are throwing around and yeah. if they're willing to offer wages of 1.5 million a week then surely Liverpool should yeah, be saying yeah. no, make I, an I, offer I, that yeah. makes us go whoa like 200 plus million you're going okay because there is no way Liverpool will do, say deal for anything that's less than 200 million on deadline day yeah no I I, 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 I certainly get where you're coming from from that perspective I just mean it in terms of like 150 million for one player yeah, it's, it's just remarkable yeah. but you know, for all the for all the money that the, the Saudi Pro League is throwing around for the wages, they're not really backing it up or matching it with the transfer fees, are they? No, there's, no. there's not only bought this summer you thought oh, they, they paid a bit much for him. It's Ruben yeah. Neves, the biggest one. Well, they got was it the, the lad from Lazio? That was was that a big fee as well? well got a couple of midfielders around fifty they, million. They, they make like ninety money. million for Neymar, which is no. probably the going rate. They, they don't fleece He's themselves. The same as Salah as well as Neymar. Thirty-one to yeah. Neymar, yeah. Um, they don't, yeah, they don't fleece themselves. Um, Trying to think. I mean, Fabinho, forty million, maybe a little bit above his market value given the twelve months that he's had. But, but not they all, they all, now they're all in line, aren't they, yeah. with what you'd expect? You know, if these players are being bought by European clubs, these are the sort of fees yeah. you'd expect them to be paying. So, you know, this, this thing that the Saudis coming in and you know you can't turn them down. It's the players who can't turn them yeah. down because yeah. they're, they're yeah. the ones who would have the heads turned on the contracts. Salah, we've got to look at it as well. Like we always talk about an English premium, and you want those homegrown players. They want that poster boy. They want the Muslim yeah. poster boy. You can go to the Arab world and say, we've got the best player yeah. from this part of the world and he is playing Which, which I get, by the way. I get from his point of view. And I yeah. think if but we were having this conversation... For that as well. Yeah, yeah. And if we were having this conversation at the start of summer, it would be a lot different. Yeah. But, but I don't understand... I don't understand the, the optics of the whole thing because who... Uh, Al-Itiad, who have thrown money around all summer... Uh, is Al-Itiad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, thrown money around all summer has gone, tell you what, should we make a bid for Salah now? I mean, like that. Even if Liverpool wanted to accept yeah. it, they can't, can they? I mean, it would be a disaster if Liverpool accepted yeah. this. One. Yeah, no, it's it's far too late now. It's you know you're getting into the, the, the territory of there being a mutiny if, if they agree to this, and 
I said last week on, on the pod that I always got the feeling that Liverpool were, were quite panicky about anything that might come through because it gives them a decision yeah. to make. Um, and it's a decision that goes straight to ownership level, really. If, yeah. if Mike Gordon sees that £150 million coming through the fax machine or whatever the email, it's him and John Henry's and Tom Werner's yeah. decision to make, isn't it? And it's out of everyone else's hands. So, you know, so far they are rejecting it. They are standing firm in their insistence that he isn't for sale. I think maybe there's, there's a school of thought that makes them think, well, we'll get still get a similar fee in 12 months. Harry Kane's just gone for £90 million to a club like Bayern Munich mm-hmm. who historically don't pay those sorts of fees. So what will it have to be willing to pay in 12 months if the uh, Saudi Pro League charm offensive is still going strong? Um, I think that'll be a much more agreeable end to Mo Salah's career in 12 months. Because the reports are saying like that the only reason now it's he had have gone for it now is because they're not guaranteed to be getting him next year because there'll be more Saudi teams who That's want him next yeah. year. I, I don't understand it from Mohamed Salah's point of view. Like If you're staying now... Just see out your contract. I know it's a lot of money, but you're staying at Liverpool because you want to play in the Champions League again. Mm-hmm. So you can understand that from his point of view. While he might just go, I've won everything now. Yeah. I'll go now. Like, and it's not the high you want, yeah. but you can go back to the Muslim country. You can be closer to home. You can be that big poster boy. But it's still, it's a strange setup. Like Al Ittihad knew if they put this bid in two, three weeks ago when they first started talking about it there would have been a conversation to be had. Yeah. It's like almost like there's been accusations of the Caicedo bid being a PR one from Liverpool. Yeah, was this a PR bid from Saudi? Could very well be. not going to get him, yeah. but all these try. Grease yeah. the wheels for, yeah. for next year. Yeah, I mean, I must admit, Theo, do you get the feeling that Salah quite fancies this? I mean, his agent came out a couple of weeks ago and said that they, they were staying, but he hasn't come out and said it again. Salah has said nothing. He seems like, if Liverpool accept, I'll go, but if they don't accept... I'll stay. Is that is that the feeling you get? Yeah, I think so. Like he, he can see it two ways, can If he stays with Liverpool, gets the back in the Champions League, then wins another Premier League or a Champions League. If he's got real faith in this project, mm. he can leave as what the third highest goal scorer in the club's history, mm. one of the, the greatest ever players, a true Premier League legend. On a high, he's written it all. But then it's like, well, that's a lure for what any European fan would say. Mm. We'd say, stay at Liverpool, do mm. this, do that. That is what you want to do. You want to win the Premier League. You want to win the Champions League. But if you're a player from that part of the world and you haven't had those opportunities to play in lucrative leagues, play for the biggest prizes, it's not where everyone wants to go and suddenly it is where everyone wants to go, that is going to change your mind as well. Yeah. Like you are close to your family. It is that pride in doing it for the um, the Arab countries yeah. and all of this sort of thing. I, I know this is a, a strange place to take it, but in Ted te, te, te Lasso, they had like the, like, the Super League going along <laughs> where this African... Uh, owner came along and he basically wanted to sign the Nigerian player from Richmond and it was that sort of thing come and play in an African country we're going to get all the best players and he turned it down because obviously they're writing wherever it, ways it goes but this is where oh, fiction why did he, stay, did he stay at Ted Lasso yeah he stayed at Ted Lasso's uh, team because yeah, he decided that was home that's yeah. Nice, yeah. but yeah it's like well, that's Spoil- spoilers for anyone is <laughs> this a case of life imitating art yeah, yeah a little bit yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean it, it's, for me it's you know if I, I just look at Salah and think he always struck me as similar in the in the Ronaldo and Messi school of I'm going to keep myself in tip-top shape yeah. and play until I'm 36, 37, 38 and play at the highest level. But now that could and, be the highest level. Well, well maybe it could, but it's not now. No, I think years, years of this kind of investment for it to be anywhere near you know, the Premier League. And if you sell it, who's to say you can't stay in Europe and win another Champions League, mm. Premier League, Ballon d'Or, you know... 
if you stay, you've got that chance of the Ballon d'Or. You can't yeah. see a Saudi <laughs> Pro League player winning the Ballon d'Or anytime soon. I was um, speaking to you yesterday about it. I was there having a conversation with someone who's Middle East based earlier this week mm-hmm. about what's going on with Salah and this particular person works with some of the clubs out there and the feeling that they were given from Etihad is we might not get Salah because of, of this desire to score all the goals and mm-hmm. break all the records for Liverpool and that he's never shied away from that to be mm-hmm. fair has he um, it's something he, he's always professed you know he wants to be number one and, and he's very self-confident and you know driven to be the very best he can be so so to essentially end your elite level career at 31 doesn't particularly strike me as something most Salah would do but then again the money that's being offered to these players is just something that I don't think any of us can, can really comprehend because it's not real to us is it yeah well gents we have my watch has gone off so that didn't work well we have several hours now to the deadline um, we should wait and see whether um, anything else transpires with Mo Salah and whether Liverpool get that grabbing bird to deal over the line but we'll say goodbye for now we'll be back Monday we didn't even talk about Aston Villa but such is the day pretty um, much had a press conference as yeah, well didn't yeah, really talk yeah. about them either yeah. well, we'll be back on Monday and we will discuss that Aston Villa game um, and we will discuss much more besides we will see you then thanks for listening to that you've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo